Happy Wednesday, everyone. You can see Chewy in the background there. He's going to leave in just a second because he is going to the vet to get his teeth cleaned. He did not react to you saying that word whatsoever, so he doesn't have any opinion on the vet. He doesn't really oh, like he, the vet. He lifted his head when I said it. I, he can, he yeah, can hear me. He can he, hear me. Yeah, you're communicating telepathically uh, with I'm, Chewy right he, now. He can read lips, okay? Yeah, or, even though he's or not you even looking at the screen. <laughs> or you lie to me when you say that I'm not, like, when you say like, no one can hear you because I'm wearing headphones. You don't actually have the headphones then. You just want everyone in the house to hear all the stupid shit I'm saying. Yeah, as everyone in my house, the entire other one person and dog, as opposed to all the people on the internet who watch us. Savvy, I'm convinced you actually live in a week. You're, you're Adam Newman. <laughs> oh, I, I was secretly you, Adam Newman the whole were, time. That, that, oh, see, even Chewie's like, what are you doing? Why is Chewie ran away? He's like, I don't Chewie trust this WeWork like, No, why, are, why am I living in a WeWork pod? <laughs> this is a WeLive pod. I knew it. I hate it here. I want to go back to the farm. Poor Chewie. All this, God, Chewie's going to write a memoir, how I got kidnapped in a WeLive pod. Oh, my God. <laughs> That's going to be Chewie's next book. <laughs> That's the that's the reason main reason I don't have not like actually pursued living in that kind of thing is that there wouldn't be room for Chewy and it's important to me to have a dog. So I actually forgot real quick uh, before I say anything else. We got to talk to books by Adrian because I was on his show over the weekend and yeah. he has fantastic intros and outros. So we gotta sure. we gotta steal them. Okay. Like by force by money by intimidation we got we got to steal his intros and outros or so at least just know how for he does an it. intro i was thinking of hiring gail to write us a theme song okay i'm down i'm totally down gail's gail's super cool i love her i completely agree i, I hesitated because i was trying to think of a joke and i couldn't think of a funny one so i stopped <laughs> no it's all good yeah, yeah. i'm like i'm like gail should write us a theme song because she has she has so many good songs and she played one on our show and she's just awesome Oh, yeah. I mean, if it's a similar style to that dog song, I think that's a really nice upbeat song. If she can make it, like, super upbeat, but the lyrics completely contradict, like, the tone, I think that'd be hilarious. That would be hilarious. Hold on. I need to find... Because I had been talking with her about it, and then I forgot to reply to her email because I'm an idiot who has too many emails right now. Yeah, so can we also, like, uh, as far as money is concerned, any conversations of me spending money needs to be postponed for a couple weeks because I am now broke after they took all of my money for this house. That's fair. <laughs> when you put a house down payment, that does yeah. tend to, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that tends to be everything. So, so I need a couple of weeks, and then I'll be good to go. Um, and I just need to hope that, like, I don't know. I thankfully don't drive my car, so it's not like I'm going to run out of gas in the next couple of weeks. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, but damn. Good morning, everyone, by the way. I hope you're feeling better, Joe. Sorry about your back. What's up, Marie? Marie, you're, you should write like a collection of short stories or essays about all the weird shit your students do on Zoom. <laughs> you can call it the Zoom files or some shit. I mean, like that sounds just wild. That'd be so uh, funny, dude. Yeah, Joe, that would be the most sympathetic GoFundMe during the COVID era. Hey, guys, GoFundMe. I'm buying a house, and in order to elevate my net worth and wealth, I just need money for just random shit to get me through two weeks. That that would score a lot of sympathy points. I think people would be all good about that. <laughs> Y'all, just a quick announcement, by the way, a couple things. One thing being um, I am going to have a bonus video premiering today in three hours. Right here, 
If you followed the whole thing with Rachel Oates and Gabby Hanna and how I talked about it the other week, well, now Rachel Oates has sent me her poetry book, so I'm going to be reviewing it on my channel. So come join me for the premiere at that time. Um, on top of that, uh, on my channel, normally Wednesday nights, we have the sleepover writing stream. We won't be having that tonight because I have to get up super early tomorrow to go to Indiana and get my COVID vaccine. Weirdo. Vaccine number two is happening which is also to say that I will not be on the stream tomorrow morning and RK is going to run it by himself because I... Joe's such a sweetheart. I, I love you, Joe. You're way Joe's too good Joe's a good me. dude. Joe's such a nice, nice guy. Oh, we've got uh, the video. We got to watch of Joe doing an unboxing. I'm going to pull that up in a second. Yes, we um, do. Also, so I just got to get the sign in for tomorrow because it's my stream. Pelicans won a pretty big game the other night against a good yeah. team. Tomorrow, all you're going to get is long Pelicans rants and discussions of how much Canada's terrible. I'm manifesting our highest viewed episode ever. Yeah, and then if if that if it ends up being the highest viewed episode ever, then from there, I'll be like, you know what? Maybe I should also talk about those same things. Yeah, you got to bro it out, Savvy. So yeah, uh, Marie, for this Agnes bro it out perfect snogging, I finally saw the movie yesterday because Aaron Taylor Johnson was trending. So Aaron thought of him and thought of this movie that she, it was the first time she saw him. Cause he's the heart Rob in it. And he sort of looks like Logan Lerman in it. Uh, and so I used my, I, I used express VPN. So I, I, I use that. And I know Savannah Marie is sponsored by Nord VPN. So don't tell her I use express. Um, and we we went to UK Netflix and I watched uh, we watched uh, Agnes Thongs and Perfect Snogging. It was my first time seeing it. It was really funny. Um, it was. I haven't seen it yet. It it was basically middle schooler. I mean, they're in high school, so it was basically middle schooler American Pie, where the girls are total pervs. That sounds hilarious. I'll definitely yeah. watch that. Yeah. Yeah. It, it it was it was absolutely hilarious, and it, it's a it's a Nickelodeon movie. Oh, it is? That sounds awesome. Yeah, so Nickelodeon definitely saw American Pie and was like, we can do that for kids. <laughs> oh, definitely. I love it. I love it. Why are the Bills better than the Lions? Because we have a great GM and a really great coach, and we actually built a team around a culture where the Lions built a are trying to build a team around biting kneecaps with whatever the weird shit your new coach said in, the, in, his, pre in his, um, his first press conference. Do I have something in my teeth? No, I'm good. I thought I saw a black, like, like food or like a poppy seed on my tooth. I got, <laughs> I got insecure for a second. So um, on the agenda today for our stream, we are going to start off by watching Joe's unboxing because he sent it to me yesterday and I didn't see it in time to put it on yesterday's stream. So we're going to watch that. And then from there, we will go into discussing the book, This is Marketing by Seth Godin. I'm not all the way done with it yet, but I'm very close to being finished with it. I listened to a lot of it yesterday while on a walk with Huey. And I think there's a lot of interesting topics in that book to discuss. And also a lot of crossover with Purple Cow, which we discussed yesterday. So Almost uh, like it's the yeah. same author. It's a, Yeah, but I just feel like he repeated <laughs> a lot of the same points. You know what I'm saying? Well, so kind of and no. I think this is marketing actually gave more practical advice. I agree. Um, and that, I, I think the worst of the three is the practice. Uh, I haven't started that one yet. So I guess I'll go into that later this week and get very bored. Well, it, it, I think it's also the most, like if I read the practice first, I probably would have liked that more than this is marketing. Oh, okay. Interesting. 
All right. Oh, yeah. Share a good point. We're going to link to Joe's channel. So let's see. How many subs? He has 25 subscribers. Joe, this right camera now. quality is great. Yeah. So this is Joe's channel right here. And um, this is his unboxing. So we're going to watch. I haven't watched it yet. We're reacting live, live reactions to this video. Wait. Got the book for my niece. Yay. Savvy. Obviously, I don't want to dock to anyone, so I got to do it this way. I appreciate that, Joe. Did yeah, I just see you live on Main Street? I, <laughs> I live on in a hospital on Guerrero like Street. I might actually need to get some scissors. Uh, Sammy, this is a, a very well sealed. Oh, good. I'm glad to know that. I'm always worried about moisture getting into them when I'm going to ship things. By the way, giving that video a like. Listen, get some scissors. Oh, okay. Nice, ad, nice cut. Nice. Yep, yeah, I like that. Nice editing there, Joe. Nice work. Nice singing. Yes, my niece's birthday is in four days. Joe seems like a really great uncle to have. He's always oh, getting uncle. stuff for his niece. You know, we're uncle Joe. Uncle Joe? Just natural born uncle. My little thing to her. I can't get over how uh, great the lighting is in his house. Baby, I <laughs> do enjoy this. Oh, yeah, there's my packaging, guys. You order a book, you get the paw print wrapping paper. Yeah. Of course, I forgot my glasses. Share the love. Thank you for shopping small. Please re leave a review or... Die. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> yeah, I got these stickers from Etsy where you could add in your custom shop name and then you, they give you stickers that say, like, tag us on Instagram. I'm going to make sure I don't tear this. You should get stickers that say seven days. <laughs> Leave a review or we're coming for you. That's a nice rhyme. Yeah. Uh, Oh, Savvy. Thank you for your continued support. I hope your niece enjoys this book. Happy reading, Savvy. Aww. Yeah, guys, when you order from a small business, you get a little handwritten note. Oh, and you can actually and read your handwriting. Adorable. Uh, and a little bookmark. Oh. I forgot about this. I'm sure you mentioned it, but I didn't. That is adorable. Oh. <laughs> I love doggies. If this I tried, this is such a I good unboxing, Joe. I love this. Well, my Sorry, what were you saying? sister-in-law has two dogs. One oh, I don't want to speak shepherd, over Joe. <laughs> one is a Newfoundland something mix. Uh, I don't. Uh, the one dog wasn't exactly the smartest in the world, but he's sweet. Uh, Let me see. Chewy. Oh, he is so cute. Yeah, he is. Yeah, Savvy, if you ever get tired of doing the book stuff and the morning show stuff and <laughs> the MLM stuff, just whenever you take him on a walk every day, you could probably shoot a video and get more sh uh, shots. Is he saying Chewie's oh, more charismatic yeah. than me? Chewie's more charismatic than all of us, dude. Yeah, it's true. We should have an episode where Chewie and Logan host the show just to see what happens. Biggest view jump in history. Yeah. We'll just sit Chewie in, in the chair. Yeah, we'll just put them in front of the camera. 
Logan will do anything as long as I'm holding him. <laughs> he just goes like, okay. Chewie does not like being <laughs> scooped up, but if I sit him on the couch and give him snacks, he'll do anything. Yeah, we bribe our dogs differently. You bribe him with food, I bribe him with security. This before, but I should. Uh, Chewie looks like my brother's dog that was a pit bull mix. She, her name was Sheba. Uh, sweet, very sweet, sweet dog, but uh, it took I he's talking to you. Realize she could jump over a four-foot fence. And of course, what does she do when she jumps over the four-foot fence? She, uh, how shall I say, just goes to the front door. She was a very sweet and loving dog. Chewie can jump Except over really high Mike things, too. I get it. We lived together, and uh, the dog would cut. Uh, Mike would have it. And I'd take it for a walk. We'd never poop on it. When I walked, I always hold, held it until we got into the yard. So, a little savvy. I gave it a quick look. It looks wonderful. Adorable illustrations. And thank you very much. So... And I am not going to leave you a negative review on this, even though you want one for another book. I will not leave you a negative review for this. Okay. Bye. Awesome. Um, okay, everyone. Oh, we're going to watch it again. No, make sure you all subscribe to Joe's channel. I linked it right here. It's up on the screen. Um, Joe, thank you so much for posting that video. That's very sweet. I really hope your niece enjoys the book. Um, she seems like, you seem like a really awesome uncle. She's lucky to have you. <laughs> so thank you so much for that. Ooh, Joe, you do not look like shit. You look great in that video. And it's like, you have such, like RK was mentioning, the lighting in that room is just really good for making a video. I'm just commenting on all of the comments on his video. So that he can double his comments. That's a great idea. I love it. I yeah, I also love that the top one of the top uh, what's it called? One of the top suggested videos on the sidebar is our current live stream. So let me go over to that and hit the like <laughs> button there. And yeah, sweet. Now we got another like on our live stream. So guys, don't forget to like this stream if or you're dislike in, or dislike it if you think we're boring and stupid. But if you Talk are enjoying you, yourself. <laughs> If you're enjoying yourself, give the stream a like. We're thinking of buying a soundboard for this so that we can make sound effects. Yeah, we just want to invest in... Savvy's just casually flipping me off while cleaning her what? glasses. Oh, I was. I, I thought you were, like, doing this for no, a second. No, 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 sorry. I was... <laughs> sorry. <laughs> um, so, yeah, we just, we just want to invest in improving the show. So we're thinking intro, outro, and sound effects. I think that's what we're going to do. Yep, intro, outro, sound effects. Um, it would be really fun to have like little reaction sound effects, like like the clips I use on my channel. Have Grant Cardone get you some yell, nuts. Get you some nuts. You guys asked for it. Okay, for Chicago. It. <laughs> get Ben Shapiro in word. there. Like, wet ass p word. <laughs> he starts claiming all of our videos. <laughs> yes. Well, he hasn't claimed any of my videos yet, so I think we're good. I think we're good so far. Because we're not relevant. That's right. We're not relevant enough. We're irrelevant. We're we put the I in relevant. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, we're going to look at buying a, a, a little soundboard to hook up and do that. So that'll be really fun. What's up, Nicole? 
We appreciate you sneakily listening from your desk. Also, I believe you sent us a message about Dave Ramsey uh, stuff that your mom got, and we absolutely would love that for Dave Ramsey week. Absolutely, absolutely. Um, when are, are we doing Dave Ramsey? When are we doing Dave Ramsey week? What's next week? I forget. Gary V because Gary he's dropping, week because he's dropping, he's dropping his dropping NFT. NFT. Okay, yeah. So we're going to do Which Gary feels so sketch. I mean, yeah. the, I don't think NFTs are inherently sketchy. I think there are a lot of sketchy ones sure. out there. Yeah. Um, but at the end of the day, so they are just like, they're non-fungible so that you can't replicate the art that they are. Um, and I think there's a lot of opportunities in that, a lot of cool opportunities in that. Basically, if I look at them the same way I look at collectibles, I see the opportunity. I don't like the fact that he point blank said, no NFT is ever just art. Like he called it an opportunity. And that's when I was like, red flag. Red flag. Whenever and a business guru says an uh, says opportunity, it's not always a scam, but you just you just got to be a little skeptical when they say they have an opportunity for you. Mm, I don't yeah, know. I, I'm not saying he's a scammer. I'm saying I currently have more red flags for Gary Vee than I ever had before. I think there's just so many different topics to discuss regarding Gary Vee because there's things I like about him. There's things I'm skeptical of about him. There's some value I've gotten from him. There's also some red flags I've gotten from him. So there's just like just a variety of topics to delve into. And then you remember when I did, I did that one stream on my channel with always Marco and we got into a really big discussion about the ethics of charging people for a pitch meeting and whether that's ethical or not. And we, I feel like we both had a lot of really interesting points to bring up about that. And I think at the end of the day, the answer was ethics are relative. So no one can yeah. know for sure, but I, um, I still don't was, understand that. I mean, like I can understand a lot of money for a meet and greet. I can't understand that much money for a pitch. I mean, the idea of a pitch meeting is if, if you're taking it one-on-one, -on -one, you're not going to charge people for it. You're just not going to accept pitch meetings from people that you don't think are going to have a good idea. Right. So I think it's just, <laughs> it, maybe it would have made more sense if he framed it as a meet and greet or something. Yeah. I, I mean, but then, then it's like $15,000 for that. It's like, Jesus Christ. I, I don't fucking know. It's weird. It's fucking weird. That's all I can We've say. We've got a lot to talk about with Gary V next week. Oh, we can wear beanies all week. I know he. you said he start, he's starting to not wear beanies anymore. Trying to Janelle adopt Janelle pointed more. that out to me. He, he yeah. isn't wearing his beanies and he wore a Tom Ford suit. It's like, oh, that's not Gary V. Gary V's a beanie dude. That's Gary, Gary V dies through dumpsters to look for like treasure that you can sell on eBay. That's Gary V. That's the Gary V that I actually Gary really V is, is slowly transitioning from, um, from, you know, Rachel Hollis talking about how she farts from the juice cleanse to Rachel Hollis going, What makes you think I want to be relatable? That's Gary V just went through that transformation too. He just went through the same one. Yeah. He went through, I wear beanies and dive into dumpsters to like, look at my expensive ass suit. Check out my NFT. <laughs> but I, I, I will say, I think the, I don't think he was ever trying to be relatable. I think he always elevated himself a little bit more than Rachel. Like Rachel Hollis went full on. I'm, I'm your big sister. Yeah, that's true. Although, I, well, okay, I don't want to talk too much about Gary Vee because I don't want to exhaust our topics before we get there next week. I don't think we can ever exhaust our we topics. We can never exhaust him. He, 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 he's, he's rise and grind and hustle, baby, hustle. So, I mean, like, we're we're just getting our cardio when we talk about him. I'd say we're building up endurance the more we talk about him. Oh, okay. I mean, and there's the, the book uh, Rise and Grind has a chapter on Gary Vee in that. So we should read that for Gary Vee Week. Um, and also, maybe we can, can read Can like, you read it out loud to me? Uh, sure, right now or on the stream next week? Just whenever. I mean, you could just read it to me as I go to sleep. Sure, I can, read you a bed, I can read you a bedtime story about Gary V's morning routine. Mommy, what's Gary V's bedtime <laughs> morning routine? Can you please tell me? 
wrinkly little baby business Read me Grant Cardone's morning routine again, please. Opportunity. Opportunity equals for me to take advantage of vulnerable people and take all of your money. I mean, that's what I hear. I, again, I will say I'm going to... I'm not going to say he's scamming people because I just genuinely don't know. I'm just saying that I have more red flags for Gary Vee than I ever had before. Yeah, exactly. So I think that'll be interesting. Plus on that Wednesday next week, we'll be able to react live to seeing the information about the NFT come out uh, because nobody really knows exactly what it is yet. So my NFT comes twice a week. (laughs) (laughs) But as far as Seth Godin is concerned, let's okay. talk. This is this is marketing, right? That's this is marketing. Reading. Yeah. So that's I'm not quite done with it, but I almost finished it yesterday. I took Chewy on a really long walk. We went all the way over to the next neighborhood, and we walked for like an hour, and it was beautiful out. It's just so nice. And I listened to this is marketing the whole time. So did I did you drink coffee it. outside today? Mm-hmm. Nice. I drank so this morning. I drank coffee outside, and it was a little colder this morning. It was like 40 degrees here, but I still wanted to drink coffee outside. And so Chewy, as we know, is going into the vet to get his teeth clean. Tyler just took him in. Mm-hmm. And at the vet, um, t- when dogs get their teeth clean, right, they got to get unconscious for it because the dogs are not, they do not want their teeth cleaned. <laughs> that they don't want to do, they cannot stay open in the chair in the dentist like humans can. So Chewy is... Uh, Logan can. Logan's, well, Logan's very chill. But... He's just, he's just the ultimate beta. That's all he is. He's like, okay, you're doing this now. Okay whatever so chewy um he has a little bit of gingivitis and a little bit of teeth plaque buildup. um so we're we're getting his teeth cleaned at the vet so they they had they have to make him unconscious and because of that he wasn't allowed to eat for eight hours before the procedure so he stopped we get took away his snack at midnight last night. He had a little snack toy he was playing with and he was not happy about it. And then this morning when I woke up, he started bouncing like it's breakfast time and like running back and forth to the kitchen. And I was like, no breakfast this morning, buddy. And he just like sat there whining. It was like, <laughs> and then I went to go take him out. And he was like, I was going to get my coffee ready to go out on the front porch and drink coffee. I guess not porch front steps. I guess it's a city apartment. Stoop but I was stoop kid out on the, stoop drinking my coffee uh, when i was making the coffee chewy was in there like over by his food bowl wagging his tail like yes it's food time i'm like no not this morning buddy and he was like please he poor was, chewy he was so upset he wanted to eat so bad and i'm like poor sorry chewy. bud you're going to the vet instead he's like eh, i don't get to eat and i have to go to the vet what kind of day is this, this motherfucker. <laughs> i not only not get food i have to go to the vet this poor puppy. So I took him out on the stoop with me to drink coffee. So Chewy had a fun time peeing on the front grass and standing around looking out the fence and sniffing while I drank coffee. Attitude today. Yeah. <laughs> he was well, like, "Where's he wasn't mad shoes? anymore then. He was like, oh, okay, I can just, I can, he, once he's, if he's outside or currently eating or currently playing, he generally forgets about any other needs he had at that moment because those are the things he likes. <laughs> what is hunger when you have this? He, he turns into a plant when he's outside. He photosynthesizes. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> I was surprised he didn't start eating grass because sometimes he really likes to eat the grass. I'm glad Logan he didn't say Logan will start Logan like will be like this is a really pretty flower. I wonder how it tastes. 
I'm glad he didn't eat the grass because he's off at the vet and he's not supposed to eat anything. So I'm glad he didn't attempt that. He just kind of sniffed things through the fence. So anyway, that's what we did this morning. And um, that is marketing. And that is marketing. No, anyway, so, so while doing all this great stuff with Chewy, I listened to This Is Marketing by Seth Godin. And there were a lot of topics in this book that I thought were interesting. And I wanted to think of, like, try, I, thought, I think it would be fun if we could, on the stream, talk about, like, trying to brainstorm ways we could attempt his tactics within our own morning show. So our mission statement we wrote that together after I had read This Is Marketing. Yeah, so we actually incorporated a lot of that into yeah. our mission statement, um, which is why I'm, I'm all for doing it. Um, yeah. I think I think it gives really good practical advice on how yeah. to grow a business the right way, which is a small business that generates a really, I'm about to sneeze and I can feel it coming, which is a small <laughs> business that, that um, really builds a culture first. I think building yes. a culture first and asking the question of how can we take care of our current audience? How can we take care of our current community and foster that community uh, is how you're going to grow rather than, don't be scared, buddy. I'm just on my soapbox. Okay, whatever. <laughs> okay, wait, hold on. While you're on your soapbox, I need more coffee. Okay, so while Savvy's getting coffee, I'll just say, I think it's really important to, oh, wait, okay, I thought I froze for a second. I think it's really important to focus on growing the community, making sure that Kitty, okay, weird, cross-country friends, Brittany Neff and Joe, those are just the last comments I see right now, all feel seen, heard, want to be here, are enjoying themselves, are happy to be here. Um, and that's way more important. The current, so I'm just going to talk YouTube for the sense of, uh, for, for, uh, the, for simplicity, because that's what we're on right now. If you want to grow a YouTube channel, it's infinitely more important to make sure that the subscribers you currently have want to be there and love being there than it is to get new subscribers. Numbers don't fucking matter. I mean, in terms of just like analytics are concerned, and I'm not trying to say that y'all are just engagement because you're not. We just genuinely love having you here. But engagement is more important than subscribers. I think that's a truth that most people know. And if you can just focus on making sure that your community is actively engaged because they want to be there, you're going to be a lot more successful and you are going to grow a lot faster than if you're always asking, how can we get bigger? How can we reach more people? Where do we need to put our faces so that more people want to come here? Because it's not about bringing new people in. It's about making sure that the people who are in genuinely love being here um, without it turning into a cult, which is difficult because I have this new Kool-Aid. I really want all of you to try drinking. Uh, so let's, let's read these real quick. So y'all are talking about the fucking dentist. Uh, I spent the last two months running my cats back and forth. So y'all are still talking about the fucking dentist. Your morning guru daily show for introverted extroverts who want to hang out with people while they work. Pretty much. And I think that's pretty right, much right, Kimberly. Now Savvy's back. Now I get to get my coffee. You get to get your coffee. Awesome. So I don't know exactly what he just said, but I assume it was a lot. Actually, no, let's just read the comments. <laughs> I, well, no, the comments are still talking about coffee. All, all, basically, all I said was that, I and I broke it down as YouTube. I basically said it's infinitely more important to make sure the subscribers you have uh, want to be here and the subscribers you have are more important than the subscribers you don't. I think that's a great point. I really do. I think, yeah, I think that what we've done here, I, okay, so Kimberly says, your morning guru, the daily show for introverted extroverts who want to hang out with people while they work. I like that. I think that's pretty accurate for us. Yeah, so we definitely, we worked on our mission statement based on this book, uh, This Is Marketing. Now, I personally thought it had a lot in common with Purple Cow. I think there was a lot of similar ideas in this, although I will say Purple Cow was much shorter and much more of kind of an overview 
um, while This Is Marketing was much more specific, which I appreciated, although they did use some of the same examples. So I felt a little bit like, Seth, buddy, are you reusing some content? Like, you couldn't think of another example for this? or mm, But so I, I wasn't as much of a fan of that. However, I did think that this book was a little more in depth. Hey, what's up? Just waiting for my coffee to make. Um, so I was talking about the similarities and differences of This Is Marketing with Purple Cow. Okay, so what were the similarities in your opinion? Well, I think that, honestly, This Is Marketing just seems like a more expanded and in-depth version of Purple Cow. Like, Purple Cow seemed like more of a, a shorter overview. And, like, did Purple Cow come out first? Yes, Purple Cow was one of, like, his first big books. Yeah, this so is that a couple years old that makes perfect sense because it feels like purple cow was like the the concept that he developed and then this one was kind of like maybe people wanted more information about it or wanted to understand more about how to how to follow these principles and so this book kind of took the same core idea which is basically the lock and key thing right it's basically that you don't you don't try to you don't make a key and then try to find a lock that's going to fit that very specific key you you make a key to fit an existing lock kind of thing right where it's like you need to look at what what the audience already wants and see what you can provide that also stands out for them so it was basically that same overall principle but with a lot more specific advice oh cool and rk is getting his coffee now um, and Brittany says, I've literally incorporated this into my morning routine. Same with most people here. Like you get us every day. The core group is more important than the stragglers. The core is way more consistent. I agree. I think having a core group is super important. So I honestly think, I think we kind of did. I think, I think when I started my personal YouTube channel, I did it. The, I did it the wrong way. I did the the key, key first for, the I look for a lot because yeah because i was like i want to make i just want to make book reviews for youtube so i started making videos and it was hard to find an audience because like i was make i had i made something without first looking and and then eventually i started seeing what kind of content people wanted and over time adjusted that and changed what i was doing which is you know what he recommends look at what you're creating and see if there's something you can change there rather than changing like marketing tactics which i completely agree with but i think this show specifically was the opposite way we saw a, a need or we saw not a need a want because he, he even distinguishes between wants and needs like why do you want something versus why do you need something and i think that there was a desire out there for a show that really delves deep into each of these people's advice and reviews them because it's, it can be hard to know from a distance who's who's trustworthy, who's not, who might have some good advice, but you want to throw the rest away. So I think I think that this show went, went the opposite way where we filled a need from the start. Yeah, and we still occasionally dunk on people, but for the most part, we, we go in with a somewhat open, I don't want to say we're entirely open, like we went into Grant Cardone week knowing that we were going to meme him, but we, we gave him credit when we saw credit was due, specifically with his uh, dad-daughter time. Yeah, that helping was his daughter with his homework, things like and that. And also, I think that, like, I did try to apply some of the things he said. I think I tried to start working on sending out more newsletter emails and making lists of people to contact and reach out to. I'm not going to turn into someone who makes 100 cold calls a day. That sounds exhausting and annoying as shit. Like, I don't want to live that life. No, but, but sending more frequently to filter out people who don't want to hear from you isn't horrible advice uh sending constantly is horrible advice because that's that's harassing and 
it, he's, he's definitely the kind of guy that harassment worked once and now he's built his entire life around it. Oh, he just harasses everybody all the time. <laughs> and like, if people don't want to be harassed by him, he just doesn't, they're not his target audience. His target audience is people who don't mind being badgered constantly. But regular content to filter out people who maybe don't want, I, I may guess it goes down to, no, 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 because it's not even necessarily authentic. Actually, uh, Seth Godin did make a really interesting point about authenticity, not to go on a tangent, where he said uh, he doesn't he, he doesn't value authenticity um, as much as other gurus claim to. Uh, and his example, which I thought was a great example, was when you see the Rolling Stones in concert, you don't want authenticity. You want them to play all of your favorite songs exactly how you've heard them your entire life. If they're hungover or if they're feeling like absolute shit, authenticity would be for them to go out there and put on a really shitty show. You don't want that. You want them yeah. to be professional. He talked about that too in, in like terms of like people you meet with at work or like if you go to a cafe and the person behind the counter is really angry about something, you don't want them to just tell you all the shit that's on their mind. You want them to just give you your coffee because that's the, that's the extent of what that interaction needs to be. Now, I personally heard that and I was like, no, I would rather them tell me all the shit that's on their mind because maybe we'd become friends from that. But then I, I don't know. Maybe I'm not the target customer. Now I'm confused. Or maybe you're just a different one. Because I do think that one of the things I really do value from his advice is that he is a, a bit more proactive with his advice. Um, he talks about traditional advertising. And he, he specifically talks about the billboard ads. Um, and it, it yes. gave me... Billboard gave me the, Dad. Do you remember the Mary-Kate and Ashley movie Billboard Dad? No. I've it never was, heard of it. Okay, wait, it was from, I just, <laughs> I had the novelization of it, so, and then I made Tyler watch the movie with me because I loved it as a kid, but basically, Mary-Kate and Ashley were kids whose mom had died a couple years ago, and their dad was super lonely, and he, he wasn't getting any dates because he was hung up on their dead mom, so in the middle of the night, they snuck out and painted a billboard with their dad's um, like picture on it to make like a dating profile for their dad on a billboard. And then it was like, call here if you want to go on a date with this hot single in your area. And then all of, all of these women started going on dates with the dad. And then meanwhile, there was also some like evil British guy that was trying to run some kind of art theft scheme or something. But the main point was that they, they advertised their dad on a billboard for dating. British supervillain is probably one of the funniest tropes ever. I think he was bald too. It was like all the all the tropes. <laughs> um, so before actually, so but before I finish this point, I think that was just a good time to catch on comments too. Um, I so this I said, Kimberly, you're one of Guru of the Daily Show for introverted extroverts yeah. who want to hang out with people while they work. This is a fun stream. I agree with Kimberly. I'm always pretty. We we appreciate hearing that. Thanks, guys. Uh, Charm appreciates that we read the comments and talk back. So it's a good thing we're doing this now. I'm glad we're doing that. Then. <laughs> we it's fun because I'm, we're trying to straddle the line between like podcast and live stream and like live streams are good for reading the comments. And then like not on podcasts, you don't always read the comments. So we're trying to make sure there's enough talking that's outside of the comments so that if someone's listening later, they don't feel left out. But I think, I think we're balancing it. Okay. Right now. We are the straddlers. Um, exactly. Joe became a purple cow. Okay, weird was bummed for the first 10 minutes of the morning and then came here where we talked about aliens splooging on faces and creating <laughs> thick Carl butt babies. And it's um, all because of you. It's all because of you, weirdo. Uh, Kitty, your engagement is great because you two actually engage with us, make us feel special, that you like to hear what we have to say. We love to hear what you, we what do. you have to we, say. We, we really care what the, the chat says, yeah. 
My, I, I almost feel like I'm letting you down because I haven't done yoga in weeks now. I should do yoga today. I, I was going to actually start doing the one punch man workout today. I was going to do it yesterday, but then I just, I did this like boxing workout yesterday. It doesn't fucking matter. Um, I've literally incorporated this into my morning routine. Uh, routine. Same with most people here. Like you get us every day. The core group is more important than stragglers. The core is more consistent. So I, I love the stragglers too. I don't want anyone who comes on like 10 minutes after our show ends to be like, oh, I guess I'm a straggler. Fuck you. No, we, we, <laughs> love, we love you. Um, but the core... But the core group is also great too. We love seeing the same faces show up every day, engaging with you, hearing about your days, hearing your ups. Here, we don't love hearing your downs, but we like being here for you during your downs. Um, I know Mushroom Destroyer was just in an accident, so uh, I'm happy she's okay. And when we hear from her, we'll be really happy. Uh, can you take uh, over from Paige, the preschooler, for me? Oh, absolutely, sure. Um, okay, so let's go back to the comments. So. Um, Paige, we love Paige the Puppet. She's so cute, Paige the Puppet. We got to have you back on the show. Absolutely, we loved having a puppet on the show. She says, you helped me gain 10 subscribers. It already feels more fun to be making content for people who aren't just family and my lifelong super fans. That's awesome. I'm so glad. And your channel definitely deserves to continue gaining subscribers because your puppets are so cute. And I just, I love them. I think puppets are amazing. So I'm really glad. Um... Harley says, I made this part of my morning routine too. I've watched every episode. It's the reason I enjoy waking up early. Oh my God. Honestly, this show is the reason I enjoy waking up early too, because I've always hated waking up early. I've been like a sleep to noon if I can person. Um, but this show, like I have completely changed my sleep schedule in my morning and I've gotten so much more productive because of this show. Uh, so I'm glad that this is helping motivate others too. Cher says, with art and music, it is hard to separate your muse from a potential audience. I think that's really true, too. And I think that's a really interesting point we'll have to talk about is, I mean, it's a lifelong conversation that this is a conversation as old as time, right? About the, like, the integrity of art and the commercialization of art and all of that. And, you know, as we all know, artists deserve to be paid for their work, but then it's also like, well, if there's something that you don't have a huge audience for, should you try to make it for the audience instead. But there's also, which kind of goes against this kind of the opposite of what Seth Godin is talking about. There's also the idea that there is probably a small audience for most forms of art out there that will want that thing. And maybe it's not a huge audience. Maybe it's just a couple people, but you probably can find them. It's probably just going to be a lot harder. So I don't know. That's an interesting topic to discuss when RK gets back. Aiden says... Even though I thought, huh, this is like the by the book podcast, I do find the stream different in another way. It's serving wants and needs. Oh, the by the book. I haven't listened to the by the book podcast. Let me look that up right now. By the book podcast. Oh, does it review books? Oh, oh, it reviews. Oh, it reviews self help books. That's kind of, yeah, that is kind of similar to what we do. I wonder if there's a way that maybe we could interview them or something. That's cool. I didn't know about them. RK, did you know about the Buy the Book podcast? No, this is the first time hearing of them. What do they yeah, do? Yeah, they review self-help books. Oh, that's so awesome. Kind of, they kind of do some, like, this is a Aiden here saying that they, remi they that we are similar to them in some ways and different in other ways. And I was like, oh, I should look them up, but it's cool. I we think should do a crossover. I think that we could, we should try to see if we can get them on for an interview or something. Or just like swap half, like as a two people, we should just swap half of a co-host for, for one episode. Swap, like, like I, are you half a, a whole, a whole, do you mean half a whole co-host? Half, <laughs> half, half a co-host. Like, I'll give them my head and you like, can like we give should them do your feet. The, 
Like, like the Jimmy Timmy Power Hour. Yeah. One of us can be one of us can be Jimmy. One of them can be Timmy. <sighs> I like the awesome. raw. I oh, like yeah, the rawness of your show. I feel like YouTube is polished lately. I like when stuff isn't so scripted. I'm glad because I script almost none of my videos. I, I then I feel like I just talk and ramble at the camera, and I'm like, I hope people don't hate this, but also like I feel like I come up with funny jokes when I'm just talking off the cuff as opposed to trying. If I try to script videos ahead of time too. I start to get like, ugh, I can't think of the exact words to say. I'll only script them if I'm talking about a very difficult and controversial topic because I don't want to say the wrong thing and make people upset. You can't fly if you don't wing it. Exactly. That's Brittany us. says I'm a golden retriever, which is absolutely true. Everyone's a potential friend all the time. Uh, yes, I remember that movie. One of my favorites. What movie? I think probably. Agnes Songs. Yeah, that would be my guess. My childhood was filled with the novelization. Oh, no, the Mary-Kate National movie. Oh, the Mary-Kate National movie. Yes, that one was a billboard dad. Okay, so that's a perfect transition back into what was Seth Godin saying about billboard, not billboard dads, but billboard ads. Yeah, I, oh, shit. Okay, one second. Okay. Well, while while RK is on the Okay, phone, no, we're good. We're good. I just had to say good. one thing about earnings. Um Okay, cool. Talk oh, about billboards. Um anyway, so yeah, if billboards are I'm I'm taking this out. I'm just he's gonna say ask Ari, where are you for a little bit? Um he's gonna say, Oh god, I think we lost Ari. Um <laughs> I did see so as far as billboards are concerned, yes, he basically said how they are outdated, but historically they served a great purpose because they have such a large impression audience like when you when you do internet ads you see the impressions and they had such a large audience and the point wasn't to find the right market the point was to reach everyone and once everyone enters your funnel they'll funnel down and you'll get an incredibly small percentage of an incredibly large group of people and how that's no longer an effective way of uh marketing strategies yeah right before um right before i brought chewy in from our long walk yesterday I got to his section about direct marketing versus brand marketing. And so the billboard Wait, just time out. I'm sorry. He's still talking. I thought I thought I would have I could have swore by now he would have said, Where'd you go? I could have swore that you were there. And just <laughs> still talking. Okay. Well, I'll just keep talking about this is marketing. So yes, please. um yeah, so the section I got to yesterday when I was bringing Chewy in was about direct marketing versus brand marketing. And I'm hoping I have the right terms there because I'm not sure I remember. But from what he was saying was that brand marketing is basically the billboard thing. Your your goal is to create widespread brand awareness. Coca-Cola does brand marketing when they try to put out commercials that go to every single person ever. It's the idea of having brand awareness and having the brand be something that's subliminally in everybody's mind versus direct marketing is what we see when we buy ads on the internet, when we buy ads with cost per impressions and cost per clicks and things like that, because it is trackable and analyzable and you can do analytics on it and things like that. Or like a billboard, you're never going to know how many people you know, pass by the billboard and then remember the brand or then choose. All you know is like an abstract idea of does the brand seem to be more part of the public consciousness now or does it not? That's all you can know from that. Versus, I guess, if you run an ad on social media, you can then see, okay, how many people saw this ad? What demographics were they? Did they then click on the link? How many people clicked on the link? 
how many, and then when you go to your website, which was the link, you can see how many people came from, I don't know, Facebook, Instagram, whatever, wherever you ran the ad. It's just, you have a lot more tools to track it and see how many, how, how different types of ads are converting into sales. So, um, and he, he had an interesting, you know, talk about how a lot of companies that were really thriving in the area of brand marketing that were doing the billboard and commercial type of thing had started uh, to struggle when a lot of companies started moving towards the direct marketing on social media type of thing. Now, I'm not good at either type of ads because I think ads are annoying and stupid. So I try not to run ads very much. I try to just like talk to customers, which I know my business grow and my business has been growing super slowly. But I, I mean, so is this podcast. So maybe I'm doing it right. I don't know. This podcast is growing super quickly. Oh, is it? We're not even at a thousand yet. It's not even been two months. Oh, I guess you're right. <laughs> it's, is it's, that true? Yeah, dude, oh, we just wow. had episode 50 and we do daily. We did. Yeah, I guess. In, so in my mind, I'm like, this podcast has been around forever because the 50th episode of a podcast feels like a big deal, especially because you mentioned most podcasts end before their 10th episode. Yeah, uh, 75%. Yeah. So we, we were at episode 50 this past Friday. Oh, by the way, we forgot to like celebrate it, but the day we shaved our heads was our 50th episode. We did celebrate. We raised over $1,100 yeah. for a Chicago charity. That's a good celebration. <laughs> we did, which is a good celebration. Yeah. But I meant, that, I meant to be on that podcast. Like, it's our 50th episode, guys. We're doing this and it's our 50th. But I just like forgot to announce that. But yeah, that one was our 50th episode. Uh, so in my mind, I'm like, oh, we've put out. But I guess if we're putting them out every day, then 50 episodes is, you know, going to happen in less. Well, no, we, it's been more than two months. Dude, Social Blade has us hitting 10K mid-October right now. Like last really? October, October 20th. That's amazing. Although Social Blade predicted more growth for my channel than I've gotten. According to Social Blade, I should be at like 30,000 by now. Uh, according to when I would look at it like last year. I'm... Almost at 20,000, which is cool, but not. Yeah, but you, you hit a slump and then you took off again. I mean, it, it says it's plus minus, I think, 9% or some okay. shit like that. But I, I definitely think it's gonna it's accurate with its 1K prediction of, I, th I think it says it's like a week and a half now or two weeks from now. Guys, I'm so excited to hit 1,000 because then we can monetize. It, like, it won't even be hard because we have oh, like way more than 4,000 watch hours because our, our stuff is so long. So that's not going to be the hard part. The hard part is just getting to a thousand because we've got like a core group of people that watch everything as opposed to like a whole lot of people that watch a few things. Which is sort of the point. I mean, we're not emphasizing growth. We're not telling anyone to go out there and share with with their friends. We're not actively blasting this on social media. We're, our primary focus is making sure that every person here is here because they want to be. Um, and so going back to the billboards conversation, that that's the opposite of what the billboards are trying to do. Um, like they, they, they're there because they have a very specific product or service down here. The biggest billboards are personal injury, which is why Louisiana leads the country in personal injury lawsuits. Um, and that's it. Uh, where, whereas when you want to build something online, he talks about, I don't know if you got this far, but he talks about the snake. Did I don't you get think to, the I snake? Got to the snake yet? Is that towards the end? Uh, I'm, I'm not sure, but it's, it's, it's okay. in the book. I, I um, mean, I might've, I was like, I was listening to it all at once and I wasn't taking any notes because I was just walking the dog. So I honestly don't remember if I heard about the snake or not. 
Well, he talks about how, you know, the head of the snake is going to be owned by people who have money because they are going to be pumping ads. They are going to be spending all the ad money to get to the top of the page for search results. So if you like, like, we're never going to. This is where he talks about like SEO and why SEO (laughs) doesn't matter as much as people want to think it does. It used to. It doesn't matter anymore. Exactly. Because you people who have a lot of money are going to own the most common search results. There's just no way around that. You're never going to compete in that. Um, Gary V talked about how he literally owned the word wine when Google ads first came out for a ridiculously low price. And that's great. It no longer helps you. Google ads are very expensive. Um, and so the only way you are going to, to, to win is with the long end of the tail, which is long keywords. And that's why he talked about the t-shirt companies that blew up because they owned multiple long tails and they were able to create like a snake of all these long tails. And that's when you got these incredibly specific t-shirts where you are not going to be rich if you sell shirts to people who who were born in Chicago in the 80s and listened to Nirvana. But if you sell thousands of shirts... I think I'm in this section of the book right now. I think this is actually where I am because like what you're saying to me, I remember hearing most of like as I was walking in the door with Chewy. So this is and then I turned it off to get back to work. So I think that like I I didn't get to the T-shirt part yet. But the the stuff about like the SEO and the long keywords, that's that's the part I'm in right now. But yeah, no, I think this is absolutely true. Um, The owning the long keywords like I want to, like, uh, recently, here's an example. Recently, I was uh, on I my like Lexicon's name. I'm sorry. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's a good name. Uh, recently, I posted on my Instagram story asking for recommendations for small businesses that are clothing brands because I want to, like, just Marie kondo all the clothes, but I still want to, I still like uh, finding new and interesting clothes. So I wanted to see what small businesses people had. Uh, a lot of them that people recommended me the name of, when I went to Google the names, the business didn't come up because the name, I don't think like even the name would be a set of words that was too common that other people, it would be something like blank clothing, like, you know, word clothing. Um, and that word would be too common that even when you pair it with clothing, I couldn't find half of these businesses when searching for it which is a shame because I really wanted to check them all out, but I can't find them. And so I think that that's, that's definitely a thing you like, like Seth Godin said in the book, you want when people search for you specifically, you want to come up instantly because right now it's kind of like people don't like those extra steps, right? I don't like the idea of, I really want to find this brand. Okay. I search for it. I can't find anything about it. And then I, I get distracted and start doing something else. And then I probably will forget to come back to it. And that's not because I don't care. It's because that's just that's just how people are. That's just what happens. Every and, complicated and- layer takes away potential audience members. Um, that's why the most important thing you can do when you're starting a business is to have the buy button there and have the buy button take them right to their shopping cart and they can order right there. The more buttons they have to click to get a sale, the more uh, the more customers you're losing. Absolutely. I totally agree. Um so yeah, that's what's been hard is like when I'm searching for a lot of companies, I'm like, I can't, I can't find the company that you recommended to me because when I search for it on Google, it like, it doesn't come up. Like, let's say there's a company called like, I don't know, yellow clothing. It'll be something very basic like that. Okay. I search for yellow clothing. Well, all that comes up is images of yellow clothes and not a specific business. It's that kind of thing. And it's, it's that's part of it too. You want, when you're doing the SEO, you're never, if you run a clothing store, you're never going to 
own the search term for shirt. If someone searches for shirt, you're never going to, you should not even try to be at the top of that. That's going to be expensive and not, it's not probably not going to work out. But when someone searches for your brand, you want to come up immediately. Yeah. And I think that another interesting book that touches on this similarly is um, Story Brand. Forgot who the author is, uh, but it's it's build a story brand, and it's about it's it's basically oh, applying. Oh, is that the one by Donald Miller? <laughs> that does sound like his name, yeah. So it's it's about it's basically applying the hero's journey to advertising, and he talks about how the worst mistake. Yeah, many... oh, he talks at Rachel Hollis's conference. But he talk he does give some good advice in this book, and he talks about how one of the yeah he talks about how one of the most common mistakes that people make are they make um their brand too complicated. Uh, and, and the more complicated you make something, the more people you're losing and they want your business to be incredibly straightforward. Um, while he, get, while some of the examples I thought were a little too basic, he had this one example that really spoke to me. It was on a company that painted murals, uh, for businesses that wanted like unique marketing and they made it really complicated because he was talking basically in their mission statement, they were talking about all the shit they do. Uh, and the website was complicated. Like when first look at the website, you thought maybe they drew schematics for uh, architecture. And then you saw like they painted on the sides of restaurants and you just had no clue what they did. And he said, you'd honestly get a lot further if you just change your name to we paint shit anywhere. Um, and he did some variation of that. And it helps because people didn't exactly know what his business was. And when he simplified it as we paint murals to promote your business, uh, it became a lot more straightforward on what they did. Part of me wonders if I need to change my business's name. Um, because Forever Home Friends kind of sounds like it is an animal shelter. And it's not. And I've gotten confusion about it before. So part of me wonders if I need to change it I was considering changing it to like forever books and toys or something. Cause then you still have the, the fur thing and it's still clear that it's about animals, but I don't know. I don't know if I should change it, especially because of my branding on everything. I don't know. Couldn't you just make it forever home friends, books and toys. I mean, that's, that's what I call it on all the social media and all of that. Yeah. I mean, I, Is that I too don't... long of a name. I don't think so. I mean, because because you just go by Forever Home Friends for shorthand anyway. That's true. Yeah, I guess I could just specify it. I, I could specify that everywhere. Yeah. Yeah, like you call it like, hi, we're Forever Home Friends. But when people go on your website and shit like that, it's like Forever Home Friends, books and toys. Yeah, maybe I need to Is that right, Logan? advertising that everywhere. Yeah, Logan. Logan, why don't you help me with my advertising? Aww. With your with your skinny frame and your long legs and your gray beard that everyone makes you think looks more sophisticated. He seems five like a old. very sophisticated dog. He's so cute. I love him. Five years old and he's graying. I, I love you. I'm not talking shit. Don't yawn at me. That's a Wrigley's graying. Wrigley's been graying since she was three. So. Oh, Wrigley. It's okay. I just gotta she turn down the AC. <laughs> okay, go ahead. We'll take a look at the comments. Um. Let's see what we've got. Paige, the preschool puppet, says, we read an average of 300 books a year. That's a lot of books. That's a lot of books. And that's a great idea. Yeah, Lisa Wallace, Forever Home Friends, Books and Toys. Yep, that's what I'm going to... I think I'll just add Books and Toys to the end because I don't want to change the branding on everything. I like my logo and all of that. So where else are you when this is marketing? I want to I talk about the book a little bit. 
Yeah, it's a good book, or, right? Yeah. Um, I was trying. I had ideas in my head of like we should talk about how we can apply these things to our show, and now they're escaping me. Um, so like Reddit came directly from this book because I think one of the primary takeaways I got from this book was community over advertising. Um, mm -hmm. You want to build a community and a culture. So again, instead of focusing on, I mean, just about everything you do should have a mission statement, but make sure the mission statement is focused on building a culture. According to this book, if you want to make your company grow or your podcast grow. So ours was focused on a culture that was essentially finding common ground with, um, influential people who we disagree with because uh, we wanted to just further understand how they got as big as they are uh, because they're doing something right. If we define right as financial independence um, and, and growth, which most people do want. So by that definition, they're doing something right. And we want to see what they are doing, how they are doing it and what you can apply to your life without feeling morally compromised. Yes. I think there's, the truth is like there out of all the people in the world there are almost no people like there's a negligible amount of people who are all good or all bad everybody is going to have a mix of you know selfish qualities along with helpful qualities people are going to be smart in some things and inexperienced in other things and that's going to be true for basically all humans and you know while there's a lot of people we really don't like and that we've roasted pretty hard on this channel we still acknowledge that they have expertise in certain areas or that they they know something about something and that's why i think it's important that you know even when it's a guru that we're gonna primarily disagree with that we're trying their tactics in good faith to see if there is something to gain from it because i don't they wouldn't be successful if there wasn't something to gain from it so we could still say you know we don't want to be like grant cardone in the sense that we don't want to stalk people we don't want to be super annoying we don't want to act like a dick we don't want to promote world financial group we don't want to speed on the highway we could say all of that but we could also say we do want to be like him in the sense that he spends time connecting with his audience and that he spends time reaching out to lots of people and trying to make those connections and that he spends time really setting, setting reach goals, goals, setting reach goals, setting real, yeah, setting goals higher than what he can achieve. And then trying to force himself to get to a higher, like to get to a higher place with that. We can say that those are good qualities to have. So I think that that's part of, and I think someone asked what, like what, what our purple cow was. And I think it might be, like we were talking about how it might be that, how it might be that we're, we're trying, we're, we're analyzing people we don't like in good faith. Our purple cow is savvy. I'm a purple cow. Absolutely. Savvy's a purple cow. Moo moo. Um, <laughs> as far, but no, I, I mean, I, I ultimately agree. I also think going back to Grant Cardone specifically for a second, one of the other things that I like about him that you can see it in the book essentialism is I do think be obsessed or be average is a fantastic title. And I don't think that advice, if you take that title alone is bad if you apply it to one thing at a time. So what I liked about that was be, becoming obsessed with something. And what I liked about essentialism was becoming obsessed with something one thing at a time. Because then I read that Leonardo da Vinci biography, which is not a self-help book whatsoever, but it is a fascinating look into one of the most successful minds in human history. And he became obsessed with specific things for periods of time. He wasn't just a painter or just an engineer or just a mathematician or just a thinker and philosopher or just a socialite. He became obsessed with different things over different periods of time, constantly reinventing himself. Um, 
And I think that's interesting because if you just define yourself with one thing, let's just say author for simplicity's sake, and you only focus on being an author, you're missing out on some creativity. Uh, so you'll never actually reach full creative potential uh, based on Leonardo da Vinci's definition of it. You're not expanding your mind beyond anything except for that really specific thing. Um, and you, I mean, you'll probably plateau. Uh, if you obsess over being an author for a few months at a time though, and then it's all you focus on, you'll make great strides within it. And then if you focus on something else for a following few months, you'll make great strides in that. And I think based on essentialism and based on the Leonardo da Vinci biography, you can make the argument that you would get further as an author focusing exclusively on being an author for three months of the year and then doing everything else that you need to for another three months and then doing everything else you need to after that for another three months because then you have this three months of dedicated hard work focusing on one thing and you get incredibly far in it and then you're done with it for a little bit. That's interesting. Maybe that's an experiment we'll need to try at some point. I mean, it's a long time frame. I don't know if I want to like say, "Hey, yeah, three, three months." One week. We'll spend one week doing exclusively one thing, and then the next week doing exclusively another thing, and see if it if it works in a microcosm. But like this podcast, for example, I mean, actively, if, if we dedicated our entire life, like not our entire lives, we did, you know, if we dedicate our entire lives for a set period of time to just growing this podcast or just making this podcast is. Because again, that's another thing Seth Godin talks about, which I think is important. Too many people focus on growth when they should be focusing on quality. Um, mm -hmm. So if we focused all of our attention to the quality of this podcast, to increasing the quality of this podcast in every way for a set period of time, it would skyrocket. It would. Yeah. Yeah. I, I think that's a tough thing with social media, especially because there's such an, like the, the algorithms prefer quantity over quality, right? That the, the bots on the computer do not know what is good and bad in terms of a picture or a YouTube video or whatever. They have no judgment, but they do know how frequently you post and how frequently people like things that you post and things like that. So it can, there can definitely be a pressure when you're a creator on the internet to put things out constantly, even if they're subpar or they're not ready or they're not as they're not where you want them to be. And that's a, a place that I'm definitely struggling in right now, because when I first started my channel two and a half years ago, I put out five videos a week and they were all very basic videos. They were all less than 10 minutes long. They were all me doing very short book reviews on things or me giving a few quick basic writing tips or things like that. And then when I really started to dive into more video essays and dive into analyzing business gurus and stuff like that, you know, those videos, they performed well because I had a core audience that I'd built for the book reviews, but then they started to also perform better because they got the initial views from my current subscribers. And then they also started to reach new people because they were good videos that people were genuinely interested in. Now I'm in a place where if I just make some of those short type of videos, like I did back in the day, they'll get almost no views whatsoever. I mean, they'll get more views compared to when I had 50 subscribers and did this, but the, they'll get they'll get almost nothing and they don't really, they'll, they'll help with the frequency of posting in the algorithm and all of that, but they won't really be what people care about and are looking for. So I start having all these ideas that like, okay, I'm going to do this deep dive on WeWork. I'm going to do this, this deep Dave series where I dive into guys named Dave and analyze their lives that I'm working on. I have this whole Tony Robbins conference thing where I'm interviewing multiple people about it and doing stop motion animation and all of that, like I did with the Rise Conference video. And these videos all take a long time to make. And it's a lot harder to put them out as frequently 
But now I'm like, oh, if I don't put out a video this Monday, will people will not I'm not saying will my audience hate me. I'm my audience will forgive me, I'm sure. But it's more of will will YouTube hate me? Will the the bots that are running the the website hate me? Um, so that's that's where you struggle with the quality versus quantity thing and how, yeah, the quality should be more important and it should be the main concern. But that's really hard on social media to follow that when it seems to be the pressure the other way. Yeah. And I do think that as far as, so first off, what you talked about with the algorithm on quantity over quality, I think, I don't even know if that's true anymore. I really don't. Oh, you think it's changed? Because I, but that's the thing too, is social media, the way it functions changes constantly and it's hard to keep up. Yeah. And I, so I, I just think that it might just be one of those like truths that we all accept without actually necessarily wondering if it's true or not just because it makes sense and we see it working for other people or it was true at one point specifically when the vloggers were taking over now the vloggers did bring an audience over from vine so i'm not entirely sure how accurate that was to begin with but as far as everything else you were saying i do i see i see logic with um building momentum off of videos that perform well more than doing just strictly quantity um for example you talked to me over the summer about anti-MLMers who are relatively new, who blow up really quickly because they're just putting out MLM anti-MLM content. So they're creating, Marco talks about this a bit too. Uh, he actually talked about it on your live stream with him. Yeah, he did. Mm -hmm. On how if you only, because he said that when he put out his first video and it blew up, he knew right there that if he put out another video on that, his channel would have skyrocketed off the bat, but he also didn't want to pigeonhole himself. Right. Um so I do think that there is something to be said about focusing on YouTube specifically on one topic in order to foster that core audience. And then if you do want to do something else, I'm almost wondering if the smart strategy is like what we just did, where you have one channel for one topic. And then you say, by the way, I'm starting this second channel for a second topic. And if you want to get to know me on that channel, go there. And then what you're doing is you're not sacrificing the engagement on either channel. Both channels are highly engaging with are engaged with their audience. Um, and so they're getting those view numbers to subscriber number ratios that are just beautiful, as opposed to putting out writing videos on an anti-MLM channel. Yeah, that's that's interesting. Well, because my channel, I've, I've, I'm trying to rebrand it as like, my channel is about books and business, which is really what it's about. It's about business books, books about business, businesses that sell books. It's about all of that. And it's about books and business separately too. And I think that people, people have been enjoying that. So I think now that I've like found a way to say that succinctly, it's, uh, <laughs> it's been better, but I'm almost wondering like if I should, if I should start doing like you know, I always love doing the premieres on Friday mornings. So I'm like, maybe I should. Your channel is growing too. That should be yeah. pointed out too. You've gained 2,000 subscribers. Or you gained 3,000. No, no, no. Wait. You were stuck at 13,000. You gained 5,000 subscribers since plateauing. I did. Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So that, that that needs to be pointed out as well. That you are growing. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. Um, and I'm, I'm wondering, like, should I plan out? you know, a bunch of these, you know, deep researched video essays to try to put one out every Friday and then have Monday videos be like, if something like, I don't have to put them out every week, but if there's a big topic that's recent and current, cause I, I still want to talk about like last week, I put out that video about um, Gabby Hanna reacting to Rachel Oates's book review because it, 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 it led into a bigger discussion about how authors should respond to book reviews. And I wanted to put that out as it was happening and in that moment. So I'm wondering if I should have like one video a week that I'm like, okay, I'm planning and scheduling and working on this bigger topic that's going to come out this day. And then 
if I do a second video that week, it'll be about like a current topic that's happening right now. So I'm thinking that's what I'm probably going to go for into the future. And I definitely want to continue to do videos about my writing process and have some writing blogs. And I don't think I'm going to make, I already have, this is already my second channel. You know, it's like, I'm not going to make a third channel. That's too much. Oh, I don't think you should. I mean, I'm giving more general advice. Um, and I used you as an example because you started a second channel. Um, cause I, I also just want to make sure it stays tied back to the books that we're talking about. Um, as, as well and not just go into subscribe to our channels guys um so as far as uh it, but as far as far as like what we're talking about is concerned um with the essentialism thing that i brought up before as well and the obsessing over one topic at a time the point of essentialism is you get further when you obsess on one topic for a short period of time than when you try and do everything over the course of a day so while you talked about YouTube as an example, and your example was doing different YouTube videos, um, I would almost say simplifying that down and just focusing on YouTube itself and obsessing over YouTube itself would have been essentialism. Uh, not yeah. just like talking, not, not breaking it down further. Cause then I think you're getting a little complicated. And then you're just like saying, I don't need to just focus on YouTube. I need to focus on like anti MLM or writing YouTube. It's like, no, just focus on YouTube itself and grow oh, the YouTube yeah. entity. And then after three months, when that's a self propelling, propulsion machine or entity, then you can focus for the next three months on another creative project and you reduce the amount of hours you're spending on that. Yeah, I think that's a good point. Especially there, there was like around this time last year, there's always this regular discussion that happens on AuthorTube, right? And on AuthorTube gossip forums and things like that. There's this regular discussion about, well, are these author tubers who put books out, are they actually making a full-time income from their books? And now I could say yes, however, I make at least half of my income from my YouTube channel. And I also sell other items other than books like plushies and things like that. And then it get, when you start to talk about that, people get to be like, well, that doesn't count. You're making more money off of your YouTube channel than off of book sales. And it's kind of at the point where it's like, okay, so it, it's that limiting thing you were talking about where it's like, people want someone, people want to only trust someone who's like, I am exclusively an author. Which is bullshit because exclusive authors and traditional presses work second jobs. Or they, do. they do. Yeah. Which is like, why I'm like, <laughs> no, I like more what I'm doing because I'd rather make my, my income outside of writing books from making videos about what I do. Like, or they supplement it with writing projects that aren't novels. I'm sorry to cut in, but like, I just oh, have no, I do that conversation too, I write for I write for a magazine too. So exactly. That, yeah. So it's like, does that not count? Because you are writing. You're but still a full-time writer in that case, but yeah. Yeah. And so like, they have to do that too. Like I was hearing about how authors were writing scripts for video games. Like, and again, it sounds cool. Apparently it's not. Apparently it's really demanding, really strict and not fun whatsoever, but they were writing like the backstories for video games and they doesn't pay. I, uh, from what I heard, it doesn't that's pay so well. sad to hear that's not cool because it sounds so cool. That sounds like such an awesome thing to do. Yeah. But I can but, see how that'd be stressful. The gaming industry is horrifying. Well, also writing stories in a game are completely different than writing a story because it's all about the interaction. That's true. Also, guys, if you ever thought the indie books or indie music communities had drama, check out the indie video games world. The the drama in those worlds, not even just drama, the controversy, the like the outright tragedies, like that that world is nuts, dude. Oh, I mean, he he sucks, but Keemstar did a funny skit once upon a time on the apology videos for each community. And the gaming one was hilarious because he was like, Guys, a gamer will straight up murder someone and just be like, yeah, so I killed someone. Sorry, bro. Yeah, basically. 
<laughs> and then with the makeup community, he like you know poured water on his Cher eyes. Cher saying, as an extrovert, I think writing would depress savvy. That's why I like I like writing in public, and I also like writing co-writing. I like writing a book with RK. I like writing cancel Sean Boston. Um, which I is like the savvy likes writing movie with me. cult classic of a book. I like when we're fun. writing the success rule together. I, I I honestly like I prefer writing with someone else to writing by myself. However. I like write. That's why I host the writing sprint streams on my channel because I like to write, but then I also like to get to talk to other people immediately about what we're working on and things like that. Um, and I'm excited for like, dude. That's why I would live in a we live pod because dude, where's my day, car? Every day I would leave my my pod and go down into the the office space and work on what I'm writing surrounded by other people. And I would be the super annoying person who's like, Hey buddy, what are you working on? Here's what no, they're all on. super annoying people in the we live pod. That's, but the, that's point. the thing. That's the thing. I would be surrounded by other super annoying people. So none of us would even feel that annoyed. Exactly. You'd also all be actively in a cult. Yeah. But you, you, you would have come to terms with that. Hopefully. Yeah. Here's an interesting thing. I feel like a lot of corporate cults come from trying to translate frat, like frat fraternity culture to work. I can see that with WeWork, but I also see like the kibbutz culture and the Portland commune culture as well. Oh, definitely. So yeah. I'm wondering about the other corporate cults, frat culture that you're talking about. I mean, there was a company I worked for that felt this way. I'm not going to name the company because of the NDA. However, I will talk about it passively in videos. Um, but Oh, I you and your passive voice. <laughs> Define it, Rachel, because it sounds like what you're saying is the apology wrote itself. <laughs> <laughs> so there, I saw that there was posted on my Instagram this quote that was plagiarized. I just, it was, po it was posted on my Instagram. It appeared there, and I was like, what? <laughs> so guys, a murder has happened, and I'm not pointing any fingers, but here is our murder mystery party. <laughs> basically, basically, that's where we're at. Yes. Um, yeah, but I just feel like that there's, when you're in a fraternity, it's a very specific type of, um, I don't know, life that you're living, which I understand the desire to replicate, because if I could live in a fraternity my whole life, I definitely would. You say that now. I want to know Savvy in 30 years. When I when I say that, I don't mean with college kids. I mean, I wish that were a normal option to live with other people in your similar age range as an adult. I would love to live with <sighs> other 30-ish year olds in a frat house where we Sounds have... so smelly. That sounds so smelly. Yeah, we'll, we'll have parties every weekend. We'll all do our work together in a common living room, and then we'll go up to our dorm room at night. You really want to live in a dorm? Oh, I love dorms, dude. I lived okay. in a sorority house for a year. It was fantastic. Yeah, but you also just, like, probably had a crush on everyone in it. No, just one girl. <laughs> just That's what it was. You had a crush on a neighbor. <laughs> You know, I was like, oh, everything that Savvy does you can just be boiled down to Savvy's a thought. I don't want to call Savvy a slut. <laughs> but a slut happened. Okay. <laughs> Look, a slutty moment happened. Savvy's not taking questions right now. <laughs> 
Um, okay, weird. I, I wonder if okay, weird will be your roomie in the storm. I feel like I feel like she would. Yeah. Okay, weird. We should be we should be roommates in uh in this. Joe was asking if you want to go to a retirement home or a nursing home. Oh my! Like actually, legitimately, I'm so excited to move to a retirement community. Like, I wish that I honestly I'd live in one now. I love older people. <laughs> Send Savvy to the nursing home, guys. Go fund me. Like, no, dude. When I used to like when my grandma lived in a retirement home and I'd go visit, I was like, it was awesome. It was the cool. I was like, this is the coolest experience. I wonder how soon I can move into one of these places. And <laughs> when can I retire? It's like you have to be at least 55. And I was like, mm, nicely enough, 53 is how old I'm going to be when my mortgage is paid off. So sell it and move into that. I mean, I'll make a buttload of money. <laughs> I, I mean, for selling an apartment duplex, I'm not going to make like that much money, but uh, I'll make it. You never money. know. Move into a retirement community. <clears throat> I don't know if Tyler will want to move into a retirement community the second we're 55, but maybe I he'll be on Mars by that time. Maybe he'll be like, Savvy, I got maybe, maybe you'll have a commune on Mars. Maybe. Yeah, I guess that's the thing. We don't know what the future holds. Sometimes we forget. I, I, I forget at least. Sometimes I forget that like in the next 30 years, a lot is going to change. Because if you look at the past 30 years, like a lot's changed since 1991. I was, I was about to be born. Not even. I was, I was born in 92. So I was, I was not even born yet. So that's like, that's a lot has changed. And so like in the next 30 years, who knows what new technology is going to exist, how the world is going to look completely different. I guess when I look, I'm like trying to visualize, people talk about visualizing. I'm like, okay, I'll visualize my future way down the line. It's interesting because you really can only visualize yourself being older and farther in your career with the exact same world structure and technology that you have now, because you really don't have all that much control over the rest of it. I just think it's hilarious because I, based on how our generation is, I think, and based on the advancements that we're going to see in gene editing, I think it's safe to say that we're just going to stay the exact same age as we age up. So we're just going to constantly, like, we're, we're going to be that generation that's constantly kids. And so we're just going to be, like, 50 is going to be the new 20, 60 is going to be the new 25, 70 is going to be the so. new 29. I hope so, because aging scares me so bad. Yeah. As long as that also comes with longer lifespans, I'm totally It does. Cool. Okay, It good. does. Like, I'm basically, I'm saying, like, 200 is going to be the next 100 by the time we die. I hope so, man. I hope so. Average I've got life a lot expected. of stuff I want to do in my life. Yeah, you're not going to be old until you're 130. That's good. That's good. I think that I like the I like the extended childhoods and longer lifespan idea because it's just like reminds you of The Sims. Well, <laughs> just that like you get to spend a lot of your life with more experience. You know, like. The idea of like, oh, getting married at 18 and having kids right away and like before your brain's even developed, it's it's just like th this is like the people are like, oh, those these millennials, they want to stay children until they're 30. And it's like, yeah, because no, you want to stay children until we're 60. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> Fuck off. it's like, no, I think this is actually a good thing because it's like you you stay in a in a space of not being responsible for others until 
you have like significant life experience. I just want to make it clear though, that when I'm saying this, I'm not, I know a lot of, I have a lot of friends and I know a lot of people who are young parents and are fantastic at it. It has nothing to do with that. I'm just saying that like, I like that there's a culture of extended childhood in a sense. I need four minutes. I trust you. I just want to point out one comment real quick. Caffeinated angel, new t-shirt, a slut happens. A slut happens. (laughs) Should that be a new t-shirt? Yeah. It could have the whole like, um, uh, horny on main collection, a slut happens t-shirt, horny for capitalism hat, all of that. Um, Cher says, I know that not getting the traditional life I thought I wanted was a giant blessing in disguise. That's interesting. That's interesting too. Yeah. Because I, I guess I've always known that I like ever since childhood, I was always like a lot of the things about traditional life or like the expected path was never something I was interested in. Yeah, like, especially now when people talk about like, oh, we're gonna move to the suburbs and have some kids. I'm like, that sounds like my personal hell. Like when people tell me that living in a dorm for the rest of your life or living in a commune or living surrounded by other people sounds like hell. Like to me, living in the suburbs in a house with just my family, in a single in a in a house that's a whole unit with just my family in it, in the suburbs, that sounds like hell to me. Like I'm like there, I can't imagine anything worse. That's the worst thing to me. So if that doesn't make sense to you, just equate it to how you feel about me wanting to live in a dorm all the time. Um, so yeah, it's basically that. That's basically how I see that. That like, yeah. So I, I guess that's always been like the traditional path of like, you're gonna have kids and then you're gonna. But then I I think it's just because of existential depression, right? Because I remember one time, this is such a, like, guys, we're, we're, we're going into like me giving myself therapy on the stream. So I remember this one time I was talking, we were, I think we were like dropping our dog, our dogs off when I was a kid, we were dropping them off to be boarded somewhere while we went to visit a relative. So dropping off the dogs. And then, um, while we're doing that, the, the, the owner's wife's there and his daughter comes up and she goes to her mom and is like, mom, I need help with my math homework. And the mom was like, okay, I can help you with your math homework later. Literally that moment like sent me spiraling because I was like, holy shit. Okay. This, this, although I don't know, I I was projecting, like maybe this woman is a famous mathematician now. I have no idea, but I'm like, this person is helping their kid with her math homework. This person knows the math that their kid needs to do the homework but they grew up to not use it and are can just perpetuating a cycle. Now they're going to help their kid with their math homework. Then their kid's probably going to grow up to not use the knowledge except to help their own kid with the math homework. And then it reminded me, I saw this comic that reminded me of it where someone's like, my life has no meaning and I'm depressed. And then they're like, maybe having a kid will give my life meaning. And then they have a kid and the kid looks at the parent and is like, my life has no meaning either. And that, I think that's what, that's why having, the thought of having kids sends me into an existential depression because I'm like, I, if I start devoting my life to a kid to help them grow and flourish and be the best person they can be, but then they use all of that to invest their life into another kid, which I'll, I think I think is like supposed to be a very altruistic and beautiful thing on the surface but to me it's just a just draws back to the reminder that none of us have any lasting impact on society does that make sense am i depressing everyone i'm just gonna shut up because i'm being incredibly 
depressing. RK, oh, you can't leave again. What did I, I just, miss? I went on a depressing ass spiral about how life has no meaning and none of us will leave a lasting impact on the world. So I think I just need to stop talking for. Today. Oh no, that's awesome. That's actually what I was journaling about today. Um, oh wait, really? Okay. No, but like I, I, I did a lot more positively than you probably. Because um, here's what I had to say. Because I was thinking about this too. But I was thinking how it's such a blessing to have these thoughts. Mm. Because that's interesting, yeah. Because if you are having thoughts about how life has no meaning. Chances are you're not thinking about food, water, safety, or like relationships with either uh, like some support system, whether it be a family, whether it be friends, whether it be a loved one or a romantic significant other. And I was just writing about how, how lucky I am to have philosophical doubts because there are plenty of people on this planet who would love to not deal with getting bombed every day, shot at every day, like have to walk miles to get their food. They would love to just deal with the existential crises. So I, I, I love my existential crises because it means I have such a secure life that I can start thinking about these bigger questions that maybe are terrifying, but I get the luxury of thinking about them. That's a good point. That's a good way to frame it, I think. Yeah. And a lot of these comments I I relate with. Um, so Kitty says, I'm 32. I'm way too young to get married, have kids, have a mortgage. I just want to watch Hey Arnold and drink apple juice. Like, dude, relatable. Like, I mean, I have, I, I'm married and have a mortgage. But honestly, I think a lot of people think getting married is a bigger thing than it is. And I don't, I don't know. Maybe that's a personal values thing. But like, I, I, if you watch like, I don't know, some of these business gurus to tie it back to that, who talk about their own marriages and it's like, marriage is work, marriage is a lot of effort and marriage is we work, marriage is we work. <laughs> and I'm like, where are you guys getting your marriages from? Are you at the defective marriage store? Because like my marriage is just like, Tyler's the person I like the most in the world. So we like hang out and watch shitty B movies and get drunk. And also I think he's cute. Like, does it have to be more complicated than that? Are you an outlier again? Maybe. Maybe. Although when I talked about this in my video about Rachel Hollis's divorce, all the comments were like, Savvy, I want to come on your date night with you. And I was like, sure. Not right now. We're in a pandemic. But I mean, I don't know. When like, you're maybe... vaccinated, come to my date night. But like, also, maybe Tyler's all like, Savvy, don't open up your house to a bunch of strangers. So, <laughs> but yeah, no, uh... yeah. Because I'm not in a hurry to get married. I mean, I really like, I, I love Aaron. I love the relationship that we have. I'm also just not ready for marriage. I just want to buy. Like, I, I had this conversation with my dad where, you know, conversation of kids and marriage came up. I was like, dad, can't you just be happy with me get becoming like super rich instead of having kids? Because <laughs> like, because like having kids is expensive. I'm like, dad, instead of spending money on kids, what if I just buy another house and I rent that out and I like then buy the house next to it and I buy a lot of houses and become super rich. Can't you just be happy for me instead of like wanting a gr another grandkid? Cause you have two from my brother. I think um, I got very lucky that my mom is such a dog person. Cause she's never once pressured me to have kids because she's so happy to have like a grand dog. Whenever I bring Chewy over, she's like, Oh my God, it's my little grandson. Hello, grandson. I love you. Grandma loves you. And it's like, and then I'm like, I'm probably not going to have any kids. And she's like, oh, that's okay. Don't worry about it. It's basically like that. So it's, I feel like I'm very fortunate because I think a lot of people get a lot of pressure from their parents to give them grandkids and stuff like that, which to be fair, I would do too, because if I ever had a kid, the only reason I would ever have a kid is because I want to have a grandkid, which is why I should never have a kid because then their whole life I would be like, I would be like 
they would be potential. <laughs> I mean, so I would be I would be the worst parent in the world. So that's why I acknowledge that, and I'm like, I'm just not gonna do it. Fair enough. I also like your kid would appreciate growing up in your like urban commune. Oh, probably not. Yeah, I don't think that I live a life that is conducive to giving to putting an, an entire other person's being before myself. So I'm deciding just not to do it. I think it's better to not do it than do it poorly. I'm just excited. I'm getting the best of all worlds. I, I'm, I'm, I'm living in a city. I'm living right in the heart of a city and I have a yard and a porch. Like I'm pumped. You actually do have the idea because I'm like, you know, I, I don't have a yard and a porch, although I do have a duplex. So. So do I. Bragging about the real estate we own real quick, guys. Yeah. Suck it. We're so, we're, we're, <laughs> if you're watching this podcast, we're going to be wealthier than you bitch. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. I'll we're donate. Ready. I'll donate we're, more money. Like I'll donate more money. Own, owning real estate. No, yeah, I mean, Cardone owns 40 apartment buildings. We each own one apartment. <laughs> yeah. And mine is like 1300 square feet and it's a duplex. So cut that in half. And that's what I'm living in. <laughs> oh yeah. The, mine's, the, mine's the about 1500 square feet. But yeah, well, you have a, a a yard and a porch though. Which yeah, when I include that, it's three thousand. Oh, that's awesome! Yeah, and I actually own half a shed, so Dude. I don't know what's going to happen with that. Dude, that's amazing! I'm so happy for you. I, I don't know how this half a shed thing's going to work. <laughs> uh, adopt an adult or a struggling teen mom, maybe. I mean, yeah, I why not? That kind of thing, like I like I. It, Are those actual programs? Am I like, about to get it, me educated? In the future, I've considered, like, when I'm much older, you know, maybe in my 40s or 50s or something, um, considering, like, maybe either, like, fostering a teenager who needs it or, like, because I do care about the next generation. I do care about the youth and things like that. But I, I know that I don't, I know for certain I never want to physically give birth. There's nothing scarier to me than that. And I also know that I probably wouldn't be the best person I just, I'm just not wired in. I just don't think I would be a great mom. Um, so I don't think I'm the best person to, to fully raise a, a child from birth to adulthood. But if there is someone who like, is our, like, cause I know that there are teenagers who need, you know, adult guidance in their lives and things like that. I would, I would do take on that kind of role. Definitely. I, I mean, I used to, I used to teach kids creative writing. I, I love doing that. I like working with kids. I like kids. I know a lot of people who don't want kids are very like, they hate kids. Like there's like the child free subreddit and they're very much like kids are demons. I hate them. And it's like, no, both can be true. I love I, my demon true. kids. <laughs> I guess demon kids can be a real thing, but I think kids are adorable and I love watching them be creative and discover the world, but I just don't want to have or raise one. Oh, wow. We have a lot of comments coming in. I think kids, I think people like talking about you wanting to live in a commune. I want to be an ant so badly. I really do. That's my goal. I really want to have nieces and nephews. I don't Come on, think, Tony I don't and Chad. I don't know if my brother is gonna have kids ever. I, 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 he, he doesn't. I don't. He doesn't seem like he wants to. I'm not sure though. You're not gonna um, go full hypocrite and pressure him. Look, I don't know I'm not gonna be pressured. We'll have kids. Um, neither of our brothers are even in any type of long-term relationship at all that would even start to like look like it's going down that path. So I'm not anywhere near. I guess I have like, I have one cousin who has a kid but I, she's like the cousin i'm least close to so i i don't know i guess i have a couple cousins who have kids but i don't see them very often 
my brother has two daughters and the second young, I'm the youngest of the cousins. The second youngest cousin has two kids and all four are daughters. So it's kind of hilarious because our, our generation of cousins were all boys. And now it seems like the next generation is all girls. So Eva says, you never have to take on a mothering role for, I was just saying for grandkids, you could have a friend that you're like an aunt to. Yeah, actually I, I am planning to do that. Like with some of my really close friends who want to have kids, I'm like, can I be your kids? And they're like, oh yeah, absolutely. What a like, one of my best friends has eight siblings, but I'm still like, I get to be your kid's aunt, right? And she was like, yeah. I was like, okay, good. Um, and then one of my other best friends is an only child. So I'm like, I get to be your kid's aunt, right? <laughs> so I, I'm, I am definitely claiming aunt rights over all of my friends' kid, uh, um, potential kids, upcoming kids, or current kids. Yeah, I'm sort of with uh, I'm sort of with Kitty. I, I I love kids, but I also just love not having anything invade my personal space. I I love not being you, with uh, with wanting to have like a bunch of sweaty thirty year olds in my living space. Like I currently have my yoga mat spread out. I wouldn't be able to do that in a shared space, or if I did, I people would walk all over it with their germs. Um, you know, I I don't I don't I don't like sharing my space. I'll share a lot. I won't share my space. Yeah, I'll share my I'll, I share my money before I share my space. Yeah, you're very generous with sharing your money, and I think that's a great thing about you. Yeah, I'll I'll donate anytime, anywhere for anything. That's not horrible. Um, <laughs> I just had to preface that real quick. Someone's gonna be like, "Hey, I started this new group. It totally it's just ignore the swastika. Donate to us." Like, excuse me, what? <laughs> no. <laughs> um, so yeah, but I mean, my my space, I'm very selfish with. That that's something I don't really compromise on. Cause I want, I want a man spread. Okay. I want, I want to have my legs wide and my balls resting on my own couch. Like, <laughs> I guess having never been a man, I don't understand the desire. Although I do like to spread my whole body out across spaces. I like to lay down on things. Yeah. You're going to do that in your pod. I lay on the floor. Yeah, I definitely would. I would lay on the floor. I don't need a lot of space to lay down. I just need the, the length of my body which is five not feet, big. six inches. Yeah, I'm not that big. Oh, <laughs> Anne-Marie Doherty, Doherty, Do Doherty, dislikes kids the most. Kim wants to start a collective of old writers to mentor young ones in oh, her city. Oh, I think that's a great idea. Which I her city is idea. New Orleans. So shout out New Orleans. We're not the best city in the world, but we're better than everyone else's city. I also think it's interesting that you and I have a very different like viewpoint on marriage everything and everything. We're, we're very different people, but I think, but we like a lot of the same things and we're also have the same opinion on friendship. I also that's fart a lot more than you. <laughs> that's, that's definitely true. Yeah. Like just got that down, down to bodily functions. Like we're different on everything. <laughs> we're different on everything. Different on everything. I love peeing standing up. You've never tried. Have I ever tried? No, I don't think I have ever tried. You're right. Yeah, we're definitely, um, we're very different on everything, except we're both, we both do the whole Jim Carrey, yes man thing. I we're wish both very you similar. Back from that ledge, my friend. We're very similar in that we'll, like, okay. we'll both ask each other, you want to try this weird thing together? Like, yeah, let's do it. And I think oh, yeah. that's what keeps our friendship strong through the years. Yeah, I mean, I, I, I have years some, we've known each other. Yeah. I have some pretty hard limits. I don't know if I'm ever going to skydive. I used to want to. I don't think I'm ever going to. I don't want to skydive either. And I don't think I'm ever going to, uh, bungee jump either 
I, th I think I think jumping off of tall objects is pretty out of the wood. Oh, it's too scary for me. I don't. I have a fear of heights. I wouldn't do it. it like would make the upside is nothing in your life changed. Like the upside, the upside of jumping out of a plane is you land and survive. I guess it's, people think it's the falling is fun, but it doesn't sound fun to me. I don't even like the drops on roller coasters. I don't. I find hate them. the drops on. Low. I, I like I like all the spins. I can handle. I like those. the loops. The loops are fun. It's just when you do the we drop, have the same view on roller we coasters. Have the same view. <laughs> When I, drop, when I go on the roller coaster, I'm like, I don't look forward to the drop because I'm like, this just doesn't feel good. Like, it's a little bit nauseating. And I'm, like, I'm just like, and I don't like the feeling of my body going straight down. I'm like, I'm just like, I'm waiting for this to end. It just doesn't feel good. Please end. Joe, I eat a lot of fruits and vegetables. My diet's fine. It just makes me fart. Um, it's <laughs> um, so, yeah. Get out of here. <laughs> no, I love you. Um, no, but we, uh, my favorite roller coaster is the Hulk in, at Universal Studios because it, there's no drops. It just it shoots you up. I wonder See? if I feel like maybe I've been on that one. I think I'm thinking. Of, or it has drops, but it, that's not how it builds speed. There's one at Six Flags that I really like. I don't know if it's, it's – it's named after a superhero. I can't remember which one. It might be Batman. Is there a Batman roller coaster at Six Flags? I don't know. I don't fucking know. Fuck off with your Six Flags. Take, <laughs> never mind. Bad joke. Um, I can only handle kitty roller coaster. Yeah, I'll tell you after the stream. Um, <laughs> I think a hot air balloon ride could be fun. I agree with you. Okay, word. I think a hot air balloon ride could be a lot of fun. Um, I've only been on one roller coaster, the Boss, and I'm good to just never get. <laughs> uh, I don't enjoy being scared like some people do. I still love roller coasters and love to throw my hands in the air during the whole ride. So a new comic came in as I was reading that and I thought it was going to say I love to throw up and I was like, you're weird. <laughs> my first one was the vortex bad idea. Yeah, that sounds like an intense one. I also have sleep issues. I am not functional without at least eight hours of sleep. So I know that I would never make it as a parent. Okay, so that's going back to that conversation. Um, Ant-Man, Batman, Superman. I, uh, Superman has the huge drop, so I doubt it was that one. I think it was the Batman one. Yeah, I think it's... I love the Batman one. Um, so, when it comes to, like... I, I remember when I was in high school health class, we had this um, video that we watched where they talked about how there are some people that like adrenaline rushes and some people that don't, but I realized that I like adrenaline rushes. Like, I'm very addicted to them, but only, but I'm addicted to them in socially risky situations, but not physically risky situations. Like but investigative this, reporting? Yeah, like, so this, yeah, yeah, kind of, yeah. So, like, this video talked about, like, oh, generally people who are more outgoing and like to take risks and act weird at parties and stuff are also the people who like to go skydiving. And I'm like, no, because I am absolutely the socially risky person, but, like, please keep me away from skydiving. I, don't, I barely even like roller coasters. Like, I don't even, I don't. All of the stuff that makes me feel scared about my physical self, like, no, because I have too big of a fear of death. But if I'm like, I don't know, like any kind of socially risky situation, like do like taking a risk and, and going up on stage and doing stand up comedy, like that kind of the thrill of that. I like I love the adrenaline of, yeah, like you're saying, investigative reporting, the idea of like, oh, I could go undercover and play this character and maybe I'll get caught or that kind of thing. Um, back when I was in like high school or not high school when I was in like college and, and also high school I guess I loved like I was very addicted to the like 
pursuing a new person and flirting with them and like the fear of rejection got me high and like all of that i was like that kind of person i was hitting on everybody which i don't think surprises anyone a slut happens a slut slut happened exactly (laughs) um but that was that's just kind of how i've always been i i I like the social adrenaline rush but i don't like the physical one i don't like the physically jumping off cliffs and stuff i would never do it yeah i like um I liked that new Sasquatch documentary on Hulu and the guy who did it, uh, what's his name? David Holthouse, I think his name is. He was talking about like the past work he's done going undercover. And I was like, this guy's an adrenaline junkie, but he just is doing it with journalism. Like he went undercover for white supremacists and shit like that. Yeah. And he, yeah. So like that definitely. So, like, I think it's weird that people equate like either you're a full adrenaline junkie or you're not, or you're a very tame person. And I'm like, I, I never understood that because I'm like, I am... And I think Tyler's kind of the opposite where he's like, he doesn't like socially risky situations at all. They make him very uncomfortable. However, if, if it's like, here's a really intense roller coaster or like, here's, here's this, like you can go scuba diving or so he's like, Oh yeah, that sounds great. He's totally cool with that. But like, Oh, scuba's fun. You're missing out if you haven't done scuba. No, I don't want to. Dude. It's so cool. You don't have to go down that deep to see cool things. You only have to go down like 60 feet. Here's the thing, though. I don't go to any locations where I, I run the risk of having to pee outside. So I barely go to beaches because most... Are you outside if you're underwater? Yeah. I will... I, okay, let me rephrase it. I will only pee in toilets. I will not pee anywhere that is not a toilet. The boats usually have toilets. Oh, well, I'll, I'll pee on a boat's toilet, sure. Yeah, the... the, the uh, I like... You... I avoid going, like, hiking, and I avoid going doing outdoor adventure type of things because I'm like, if I'm here for hours and I want to stay hydrated, there is a chance I will have to pee somewhere that is in a toilet. And that is just that my OCD says that is absolutely unacceptable. It's one of those OCD things where I'm like, if I pee anywhere that isn't a toilet, I will never be clean again. I will be dirty for the rest of my life for having peed at somewhere on the ground or something. So, and then Only I will you just- had a dick, then you could pee outside and not have that dirty feeling. I might still have that dirty feeling because there's nothing objectively dirty about it. It's just it's just illogical OCD. I mean, I think it might just be the squatting motion instead of the uh, the the like just close Maybe your eyes. Maybe it and... is. I don't know. <laughs> He's just spraying it everywhere. The spray. <laughs> <laughs> um, that's the thing. Like Eva's saying, I'll pee in nature. I'll hold it to avoid a porta potty. Yeah, this is the thing with why this isn't logical because I love porta potties. I think they're great. They don't they don't gross me out at all. But like, if That's I'm so illogical, it, it is so illogical, right? I was, I was, um, when I was in college, I was filming this movie for a student film with some people out in a forest, and there was a really gross porta potty like sitting in the middle of a construction zone by the forest, and then there were also just open, pretty forest land with trees that was completely clean. Everyone else, we were here for like twelve hours, so everyone else who had to pee would just pee on one of the trees because it's completely clean and there's no one else here. When I had to pee, I went into the disgusting ass gross porta potty. I would like walk an extra mile to go to it because I'm like, this disgusting porta potty is cleaner than peeing on a tree, which it's not. I know it's not, but my OCD tells me it is. And I was try not- lifting a leg and just playing a dog. I I could. I guess I could. I guess I could do anything I want. You you, you can you can dance if you want to. Spray your musk into the soil. <laughs> okay, weird. <laughs> if I'm drunk, I don't care. Fair enough. Oh, just Ava. Uh, Queen of Spade hates camping. Um, yeah, that's funny. I, I would hate camping in Canada too. 
No, I don't think Queen of Spade hates camping. She thinks that I would hate camping. Because, oh, Savvy would hate camping. Yeah. Yeah, because of the lack of, of toilets, which is true. That's why I don't camp. I would camp otherwise. What if you, what if you, you should just bring a porta potty with you. Yeah, fair enough. Okay. Or no, you know what you could do? You could, you could, you could try RV camping. That would be fun. Actually. I would do that. Yeah. I think I would. Yeah. Maybe I should just get myself like a, a tiny compact transportable toilet. And then I will be able to do anything in nature. Unless just... <laughs> it's like with too many other people, because like, I, I yeah, I don't know. What, what if it's just like an elevated toilet seat and you just have to like dig a small hole before you put it down and you put it down over this hole and then you do your business and then you just lift it up. You're good to go. Wipe down the toilet seat, cover the hole. I could probably do that. I may give that a try. Um, so Kimberly's saying there are some parks with campgrounds that have plumbed baths. Yeah. You know what? Oh I my God. Okay. Weird. What did okay. Weird say? What do you think she said? Uh, well, let me let me read it before I read it out loud because if that was your reaction, uh, ba -ba -da -ba -ba -ba. how much piss and shit hit his face while he was waiting to do that? Ew! I'm gonna read that out loud. It's gross, guys. Prepare for gross. Okay, weird says I remember hearing a story about a guy who hid in the toilet part of a porta potty, and now I worry about someone just watching me from that angle. So did people just like poop on his face? He hid in there for what reason? Was this his fetish? Or was he like undercover for something? Was he like a spy? Or was he just a what, what, what intel is he collecting? <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm wondering, like, maybe was he like was like was the authorities after him because he was a spy who got I'm like creating a whole story for this guy when he probably just had a poop fetish. <laughs> what, what did he have to go through? Maybe he was maybe he woke up and thought the Cold War was still happening and he was a Soviet spy. <laughs> yeah, like maybe it's like that. And like or maybe he was like working on some big investigation that was gonna blow a story of all the government corruption and now the authorities were after him and in the time the only place he could hide was in the porta potty. So he just he just dealt with people pooping on his face. Okay, weird says, I think it was a fetish. Oh, okay. Like, this is so much better than the American government. Keep pooping on me. <laughs> well, if it's between getting pooped on, okay, if it's between getting pooped on for one day or being a prisoner of war for years, what would you prefer? Who, who knows if it's just one day? And also, I don't know, are you, like, it's, it's, a, it's a genuine question of what's worse, the American government's torture getting pooped on? Like, I just, it depends what the torture is, I guess. <laughs> the torture's just getting pooped on. If the torture is getting pooped on, then you might as well try to avoid it by also getting pooped on. <laughs> Free range poop over American government? Oh, I don't I'm sorry. Know. Anne is like, this is some interesting content to arrive to. Yeah, we got, we got way off track. Yeah, um, also we started talking about porta potties. <laughs> yes. So um Savvy's weird. I take no responsibility. Look, a weird conversation happened. Okay. <laughs> a weird conversation happened. It's it happened. A weird conversation was made. Uh, yes, a weird conversation weird was made. Weird things were said. Weird things were said. I, I don't know who did it. Maybe okay, weird. Okay, weird. <laughs> Look, we fired okay weird from our team, okay? <laughs> She's gone now. No more allegations for the weird conversations. Y'all, tomorrow you're going to have to deal with me not being here. I'm going to be off in Gary, Indiana, getting my vaccine shot. And then RK will be here 
um, running the stream and talking shit about Canada all day. Um, hopefully also saying some things about Seth Godin. I'll end up talking a lot about Seth Godin and the Pelicans and how both don't take place in Canada. Good for you. Good for you. Thank you. No, it's going to be the best stream ever. Eva says poop is relatable to all people. It's why it comes up. I agree. Okay, weird has a very interesting. Okay, now. weird says aliens, blue butt babies, and poop fetishes. That's my brand. And you know what? Just lean into that. I agree. Just lean. If there, that's there are your people brand, out there. Just embrace it because there's. I mean, the guy who hid in the porta potty. Maybe he's your target audience. And Tom from uh, Blink One Eighty Two. I think you're going to get those two guys, and that's it. And that's yeah. that's all you need. And that's the thing. As long as you have a target audience, you found the you found the lock that your key fits into. Yeah, and that's a good place to sort of uh, wrap it up. Finding the lock first and the key, because I think that's why Sean Boston, as we mentioned before, is working so well, because we really... I don't even know if we found the lock or if we just constructed one. And now we're building the key for it. We found it in that everyone's into internet drama, especially during the pandemic, because we're online so much more now. But there's just... I've never had more fun writing a book or feeling like than Sean Boston, because it's a book I know people want to read. Yeah. That's why I'm excited for this. And I really hope that people like it. I'm I'm excited that we're going to finish editing it next week. And then we're going to send it to Amanda and she's going to, she's going to do the proofreading. And then we're going to start formatting Amanda. it. Then we're going to get the cover designed. Like Sean Boston is coming to life, dudes. I'm really excited. Um, Welcome back as yourself, Patricia. We appreciated having Paige here. Um. Great. So guys, yeah, uh, tomorrow, uh, if you want to see more of me, I'll be on my main channel in 72 minutes to premiere a new video. Um, if you want to see more of RK, then come to tomorrow morning stream. If you want to see more of the two of us together, come to Friday come to tomorrow morning, morning stream. stream. No, I or, won't be there tomorrow. <laughs> I'll, I'll, I'll talk for you. Don't You'll worry. Talk for, yeah. Oh, dude, you should have a puppet play me. Logan, you want to be savvy? Yeah, have Logan be me. That'll be so cute. He's just staring at me. Logan's like, what? <laughs> All right. Anyone, anyway, thank you everyone for being here today. We will see you guys uh, again soon. Don't forget to support small businesses. Keep reading books. And... and remember a slut happened. Yes. And don't forget to happen. Life happens don't... three you. Sluts happen five you. Oh, Princess Violet can totally co-host. Oh, yes, yes. Absolutely. Yeah, I'll I'll sh I'll share the StreamYard link in Reddit tomorrow once I have the login to yeah. get in on here and anyone that wants to hop on can hop on. We can have fun without Savvy. We we can we can have more fun without Savvy and just make her feel like absolute shit when she comes back. Yeah. I mean, feel awesome. I love it. <laughs> you too, bud. <laughs> Bye. <laughs> Bye everyone. <laughs>